What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund. Today, we have an amazing guest, Mr. Mark Joseph from babyboomers.com. Of course, Mark has been involved in some really amazing, powerful media projects, but he's doing something for what I call the forgotten and underappreciated generation, the baby boomers. Uh, he's got this amazing website, which I just so happen to be a part of, even though I'm not a baby boomer. I am so excited to tell you guys all about this. Let Mark tell you about his vision. This is just going to be cool. He's a super neat guy. He's doing something really special to me and, uh, and really special for other people. But it's to me, it's super neat. And I'm just really excited to get into this conversation. Also, want to make it known. I don't I think I said that right, make it known. <laughs> Anyway, you can go to joshuatberglund.com and subscribe for all of the broadcasts. The video broadcasts are all behind a paywall, which means you have to be a member to get access. The podcast is always going to be free, but you know what? I'm sometimes fun to look at. <laughs> I can't even take myself serious. I don't. I, you know what? Here's the deal. If you like to listen, great. If you like to watch, even better, because I look really good on a big screen. <laughs> Should not be this funny. Why am I laughing at myself? Anyway, nonetheless, I'm so happy to have you here. But in all seriousness, all of the services at joshuatberglund.com and also our app that you can go to Google Play and the iTunes store, you can just search my name and find my apps there, very similar to my website and how it's designed. But we have buy one, give one on all services. So even if you become a member for these broadcasts, you can gift my broadcast to someone else. You just let me know that when you order who you want to give it to. And then, but any of the other services like Media Company in a Box, which is the future of media. And the it's what it is, it's part technology, part service. But nonetheless, it is literally a media company in a box that allows you to monetize all of your intellectual property. But more importantly, or maybe it's not more importantly, but it's just as important, is that it can add at least eight revenue streams to your existing business and what you're doing now. I know that sounds crazy, but it's not as difficult as you think. So check that out, Media Company in a Box. I want to give a shout out to Connie Whitman. So honored to be on your podcast, which was just released yesterday. It was a really special time, got to hear it, and I'm super grateful for you. Nonetheless, okay, so really grateful to have you here. I know I said that already, but I genuinely am because going down this path of self-hosting my own content, it's a crazy road. You, I've lost all the immediate feedback that you get from being on social media and other platforms, but it's really meant a lot, all of the people that have come over and subscribed because that money goes towards our mission, which is our Voices for the Voiceless Project and youth media literacy centers all over the world. All of everything I do and the reason why it's buy one, give one, is because I'm just as passionate about my mission and teaching media and giving media services and supplies and training to those who I believe need it most. And those are the voiceless. Uh, media is such a powerful platform. Media allows us to be ourselves. Media is freedom. And I know that when you hear media, there's such a nasty connotation attached to it because of rightfully the media or the mainstream media sucks. But we that are in independent media have a huge responsibility and a huge opportunity to help destroy the power structure that lies now or that exists now, help destroy that, splinter into millions of people, 
So basically it's a redistribution of power and influence and giving it into the hands of people that speak the truth. People that have had their voices suppressed for a lifetime. People that have not felt heard. Media is such a powerful tool that regardless of what you've done in your past, regardless of your record or even your education, media is the fuel tank for your purpose. Media is the vehicle that you get to drive your purpose to the destination that you wish to go. And without media company in the box, without this vehicle, I would not be living the life of my dreams. And I wish that for everybody because I believe with all my heart that when you're living in your purpose, you have no time to be a racist douchebag. You have no time to be a homophobic. You have no time to be judgmental or a jerk because you're too busy enjoying your life, enjoying your God-given purpose and doing what you were created to do. Because when you're enjoying life, when do you have time to be an a-hole? You don't, you don't have time. So that's why I'm so driven about people living in their purpose, regardless of what they've done in their life. And frankly, when we're all living in joy, life is a lot more fun. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I am so honored to introduce to you the founder of babyboomers.com, and you're going to hear all about it today, Mr. Mark Joseph. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund. I am so honored today to introduce the founder and creator of boomers.com, Mr. Mark Joseph. Mark, how are you doing today, man? Great. I appreciate you inviting me. I am so honored to have you here. But before we get into baby boomers and just more about you, can you tell us today what you're grateful for and why? I am grateful to be alive. When you think about it, think about what we just all went through with this COVID experience, how many friends we lost. The actual age of us baby boomers was reduced. In 2019, it was 78 years old. We'd lived to 10 months. In 2020, it was 77.3. 2021, 76.1. It's going down and down. So I'm just glad to be here today. You know what? That actually makes me, I've never even thought about this. Before I got into entertainment and media, I worked with complex disabilities. And the primary demographic I worked with were baby boomers and people that, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s. But I did work with the youth as well. But that generation being, to me, is the forgotten generation. They've, it seems like we've underappreciated them and really taken their wisdom for granted, which is really upsetting. But the one thing I didn't think about was what it was like for other baby boomers to see what was happening all around them. I So I, I that just makes me want to sit down, to be honest with you, because it's sad. I, what is it for you? And I really admire what you're doing with baby boomers, and I want to get into all that. But for you, what is it like to, as a baby boomer yourself, to look around and see how underappreciated your generation is. the generation in ourselves the baby boomers we appreciate ourselves uh, no. <laughs> yeah. i'm talking about everybody else yeah we're probably the most egotistical generation that's come around in a long time we feel good about ourselves it's so nobody else doesn't understand us is that good or bad does it really matter as we get older what we want to do is figure out what is our legacy? What are we going to leave? What are we going to leave to these next generation besides money? What is it that we can influence them so that they can become better than we ever were? Wow. 
Wow. That's what you're doing with baby boomers, right? Is helping people leave a legacy. When you think about it, the baby boomer generation is the self is as diverse as anyone before us and after us, both religiously and politically, especially politically. You can see that going on every single day and ideas and so forth. But the one thing, the one thing that the baby boomers have in common is the shared experience. And what I mean by that is when we were growing up, there were only three television stations. We all had landlines. So all the information that we got as a group, we got it as a baby boomer generation. You think about when we grew up when the Kennedys were assassinated, when Martin Luther King was assassinated. We grew up when there was a landing on the moon for the first time. Birth control became widespread during our generation. Vietnam happened. You know, good or bad, we lost the Kent State that happened while we were growing up. But we also grew up with music. We all appreciated the music. We had the Beach Boys and Elvis and the Beatles and Three Dog Night and the Supremes. That was our generation. That brought us together. We had the movies that brought us together, whether it was Butch Cassie and Sundance Kid, all the Spielberg movies like Jaws, Animal House, Star Wars, The Godfather. These are movies that brought us together. So we are a generation that have these shared experiences. And that's one of the reasons we decided to build babyboomer.org. That makes a lot of sense. But even with the way that you said that, pardon the way that I'm about to say this, but that even seems self-serving. Like it doesn't seem so much about leaving anything for the next generation. Is it really just for the baby boomers? No, I'm, not disrespectfully, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I mean, if you take a look at how we build our site, is we want to have everything that you need as a baby boomer. There's an area for retirement. There's an area for a dating because a lot of us are dating. And there's an area for fitness. There's an area for oh, your bucket list. So we all have bucket lists. What do we do? What haven't we done? There's things for retirement communities, uh, all kinds of sports, pickleball. There's a whole section on pickleball that, that calls to us. But also there's major influences on dementia and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's because that's all the kinds of things we have to worry about. We've built this for purely just information for people to help and share things. And the interesting thing that we're watching as this site is starting to build is how many younger people are coming to it because they're trying to figure out their baby boomer parents. They're, they're trying to figure out what makes them tick. And, but they're also looking for information. As we just heard about Bruce Willis. There's Alzheimer's and there's all kinds of issues that are affecting our generation. And all generations need to understand that. And that's another reason we put this together. I, I no, I think it's one of the most beautiful together sites ever. And I was really kidding about the self-serving things because there's so much information there, the value. And it reminds me of, it's like the digital avatar of getting to go to a nursing home and sit and talk to the elderly people and hear their stories, hear the wisdom that came from their generation, the lessons that they learned and so on. So it's amazing how you've recreated something that I grew up doing, going to nursing homes, assisted living centers, working in healthcare for as long as I did. So going there, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really neat. So I'm actually honored to be a part of it. I was a little shocked that I was asked to be there, but I'm blown away with what you've created. It's neat. But more importantly, the other thing that I find super interesting about it and what I find that makes my heart really happy is that you're providing an opportunity for elder, older people to leave a legacy, to pass on their wisdom in a way that they couldn't before. And that's really cool because it's one thing 
you have all these 20 somethings and even people my age that are 43 that have podcasts and TV shows and everyone's just throwing out their opinions. And so the one thing I've noticed about your website is there's a, it's not so much opinion based. It's a lot of wisdom. Yes. There's a lot of information. Yes. There's opinions, but there's a ton of wisdom available there too. And then unlike these other platforms, it seems to cater to that. So that's why I use that going into an assisted living center example, because that's where I had to go to get that kind of wisdom. Yeah, let's go back to when we were growing up. We all have memories of our grandparents. When you think about sitting alone with them, what you learned from them, and those are kinds of memories that we cannot replace. And one of the reasons this site became available is that we realized that the baby boomer generation are not the grandparents that we were used to. Okay. The baby boomer generation now, we're a pretty selfish generation when it comes down to it. But the thing that concerned me the most about the baby boomer generation is that 30% of the baby boomers don't want to get involved in the lives of the grandkids. It's an, it's an amazing number. And you think about it, that's one, if you sat in a room, that's one out of every three of us saying, you know, what the other baby boomers are saying, hey, I listen, I raised some great kids. The kids will take care of the grandkids. I got to go play pickle. But that's the thing. That's one of the reasons that drove us to pull this site together is that we have got to make sure that all of us get involved in the legacies and bringing up of these newest and greatest kids. I am thoroughly convinced that this generation coming up, these kids one to 10 years old are going to be the greatest generation that this country has ever produced. When you think about it, as soon as they come out of the womb, they're on the internet. They got phones, they got their iPhones, they're talking, they're electronic. The kinds of information that these kids get when they're two, three, four years old is just amazing. I didn't get on the internet until I was 40 years old. So this is a whole world that the, these kids are growing up in. And so we as grandparents, and obviously parents, but we as grandparents have got to help balance that. We have got to bring them out and take them out to play, give them the other experiences besides what they learn on the internet. And we found that 30% of these grandparents just don't want to get involved. There's all kinds of reasons why grandparents just don't get involved. For instance, if our kids married a spouse we didn't like, all of a sudden we're not in touch anymore. Or if we are grandparents are giving to our children unsolicited advice. Your generation doesn't like that anymore. So we would that causes issues. Or if we stop in your house, drop in unannounced, you don't like that anymore. So those are all kinds of things that are causing the grandparents by are not involved with this greatest generation. Undermining the parents' authority by challenging what you're teaching your kids, but that causes strife. A tendency to play favorites. So if I've got six grandkids and if I tend to play favorite to one or the other, I'm going to really upset another one of my kids. Now, I do have favorites, but I'm not going to share that with you. And I'm not even going to tell my wife that <laughs> that causes problems. We try to buy our grandkids through money and gift and vacations. That causes strife. So we as a generation may have an overall lack of empathy. We, can, we can't understand and share the feelings of others, these kids. So we, we made demand that these grandkids respect us, show us the respect, whether we deserve it or not. So there's all kinds of reasons why grandparents are losing in touch of these the greatest kids that are growing up today. And that's another reason we have the site. We want to make sure that they get back in touch. Interesting. I want to ask you something now because you brought up the youth and we live in a world right now with just so much information. Who knows what's real, what's not? Deep fake technology is so good now. Like literally I could 
be up here talking and appear. I can make myself look like Joe Biden and sound like Joe Biden. And I could give a speech saying the aliens are coming. And most people would have no clue what it is. You grew up in a time when TV was first introduced. You had Walter Cronkite, who was just delivering news. And you grew up basically trusting everything that came out of your TV. Let me ask you this. The contrast between that and where we are today, what is it like for baby boomers? Are you guys still going, yeah, I trust my news source, even though they lie to you every day? Or are you starting to realize that maybe, I don't know if that's why I don't know how to phrase that question. What is that like for you? Because again, growing up, believing that you could trust what was coming out of your TV to now where you don't even know. What is that like? I think it goes deeper than that. The question is, do you trust your friends? Do you trust your family? Do you trust all this other information? And you got the one thing about getting older is you do get wiser. Okay. And the reason being is because for every decade you go through, you make a lot more mistakes and you learn from those. So as you're getting older, you do get a little bit smarter and you, and you can see things that you didn't see when you were in your 20s and your 30s. So I think as a deeper question is, who do you trust? Think about it. How many true friends do we all have? Now, I have one, my wife. Yeah, in my age, so many have died off. How many friends do I really have? And so it's that trust factor that you have to keep adding and evaluating for yourself. And that's all based on what you've learned and how many times you've gotten burned in the past and what have you learned from that. Really powerful. I like that. What? So you have, this is not your first media project. I don't have a lot of back information on you, but you've written for several big magazines. Uh, you've been involved in media for a while, right? No, my real life has been an entrepreneur. I've started off three different businesses. One of them I took public and the company that I took public became the premier business to business site on the internet where we sold in case quantity of small businesses all around the world, shipped in all 50 states around 44 countries. Our customer base were the moms and the pops who were surviving thriving against the chains. So I've always been involved with the little guy. How do they survive? And in my first book is called, it's right here. It's called the uh, secrets of retailing, how to beat Walmart. Okay. And I wrote this I actually book. I know this book. Oh, you do? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, I wrote this book because as we were selling again, having the moms and pops survive and thriving against the chains, I was getting all these phone calls from these entrepreneurs. How do I do this? So the book is really a 15-chapter book on how do you open a business? What do you do when you do that? So one chapter is involved in who do you hire? How did another chapter on where do you find your products? Another chapter on marketing, both on the internet and, and so traditionally. And the last chapter is the exit strategy. Okay, now that you've built this business, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to get out of it? Or what are you going to do? And what's interesting, uh, just as a side note, that 12 million businesses are still owned by baby boomers. Step back and think about that. 12 million businesses. Now they got to do something with them. Some will pass it on to their kids. Not a lot, but some will pass it on to the kids. Are they going to, they're going to have to sell them. They're going to have to close them. So we are all involved in this whole thing. When you think about 12 million businesses are still in the hands of these baby boomers. That's another major factor in the economy of the U.S. Baby boomers 
were born between 1946 and 64. So they're 18 years of, of baby boomers. Uh, so they're currently between 57, 75, 76, something like that around there. But that's 71 million people in the USA are baby boomers. I mean, that's a huge generation. They hold 51% of the wealth here in the U.S. They hold 70% of the disposable income. And they're the ones out there spending a lot of money. Last year, they spent $548 billion. I mean, put a B to that. Just put that in your head. They've spent more than any other generation before them. And these buy, their transactions are bigger. They're worth baby boomer generations worth $70 trillion when it comes down to it. They hold $20 trillion in stocks and mutual funds. And the average, they spend $63,000 a year average. Think about the, your generation's going to get that one. That's what the baby boomers have. Still very influential. And they still have a lot to say. And they still have a major influence in what's going on in this in this economy. Think about the, how old these guys are. They're running for president. They're older than the baby boomers. You still add a lot, even though you're older. And that's what I was actually going to ask you that. And you just brought it up is... What do you think about putting age limits on Congress and even the president? I agree with that. What, would, you, what would your age group, age limit be? I think 75 is good. 75 is good. I'd go 65. Yeah. You got to pa pass it on to the next generation. The next generation has a lot more energy than our generation. Plus, they have to take what they've learned from our generation and improve upon it. And so yeah, I think it's time to get new leaders, a younger generation to drive this country forward yeah i oh no, i agree with that i there's so many of the ideas and just seeing the same people in office over and over again seeing the same complaints over and over again nothing really is changing in a way that looks productive or feels good or feels like we're heading in the right direction so i'm all for a youth movement and i not that i want the boomer generation to die off but i'm ready for youth movements, because we need some fresh ideas because technology and where we're going, especially with AI, it's like, it's almost out of control, this path that we're going down right now. So we need a hard stop and a shift to real to reverse this course, because what I'm seeing come out of the different AI technologies from around the world is brewing to be a massive conflict if we're not careful. So... I'm, I'm all for some fresh ideas. I want to ask you something else. What, like going through everything that you've gone through in your life and all of your experiences and now with babyboomers.com, getting to work with some of the younger generation, but also active baby boomers. What has been something that has surprised you with this project, babyboomers.com, that maybe was surprising feedback, maybe a, a positive breakthrough, maybe eyes opening in a different way. What's been one of the biggest surprises to you? Well, at babyboomer.org, that's uh, our space. Yeah, no problem. So if you're, anybody wants this, www.babyboomer.org is the amount of energy that we have from our contributors. Okay? Because in other words, we're looking for the best contributors in every field. So for instance, if you go onto our site, you're looking to find out about there, there's some fabulous podcasts out there about dementia. There's probably great blogs out there. There's a lot of information. And it's coming from people that are passionate. Some of them have had their spouse have dementia. Some of them are professionals who've been treating dementia for 40 years. But so there's a lot of information that is available just from our own work. And, and sometimes 
that's maybe the best way to do it. It's, I call it a community. And you got a community of people that are passionate about what they believe in, and they want to share that information, and they want to pass it on. That part of their legacy is, I need to educate everybody else with what I've learned so they don't go through the same mistakes. If we can save them from making some mistakes just because they're looking at something that I went through, then yeah, that is great. So I think that has been the most refreshing is how many baby boomers want to share? How many, how many they really want to, they want to tell others about how can they help improve their lives? I like that. I want to ask you, so right now we have a bunch of movements happening. We have BLM, we have the LGBTQRSTUV movement. We have movement after movement. We have pro-Ukraine. We have all of these movements. But how is what's happening now compared to what happened in the 60s? Are the movements the same? I know there's different agendas and different causes then, but how similar was it in the 60s as it is to what's happening now? Oh, to me, it looks like a repeat. This is, we're going through the same thing. Every generation's going through it and they're all very passionate about it. So this is just the evolution, but it's the same thing. Look around the world. Today, they're talking about protests in China, the old boomers, because they're not getting enough money. They're protesting. You got Iran right across the around the country. Every generation's protesting. So none of that has changed. And in fact, a lot of the same topics are what's happening today that happened in the 60s. Yeah, as much as I don't, really like the, this we have all these shadow organizations that are funding these movements to push the needle and push us in a certain direction the one thing i do believe and have hope in is that if, even though the pendulum is, seems like it's swung so far over here that eventually it's going to come back and settle in the middle and we're going to have a sense of normalcy again but i think we got to have some craziness first but I am looking forward to that for all the people that think the end of the world's coming. And I believe that we're going into a new world, the fourth industrial revolution, but it's not as horrific as people are trying to make it sound like there's ever, there's gotta be balance and order in the world. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what you're saying is the reason I wrote my children's book. You wrote a children's book too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, cool. It's called, I don't want to turn three. Okay, it's a true story based on my six grandkids. Okay, and living this whole past couple of years in the middle of the pandemic caused by COVID 19 in isolation, except for being able to be with my family, gave me a chance to watch and interact with all these kids. I've got six kids and they all have completely different personalities. But the one thing they do have in common is their sense of curiosity. Yeah, that's what drives these generations, sense of curiosity and how excited they get when they do accomplish something, something new. Watching, watching them grow year to year and working with them is really the basis for this book. What goes through a toddler's mind? Parents are so desperate to understand. When does a toddler really understand the difference between me and us? That is a part of the book. And this is how the family finds all that out together. As a baby boomer myself trying to grow up, and I want to see how the world has evolved since I was three years old, going back to how it was a difference in the 60s and now. It's, uh, my parents didn't have cell phones. Yeah, they didn't have any internet. They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have remotes. I was my dad's remote. He said, son, go change the channel. I'm old enough def- to remember that. Yeah, the definite, this, uh, def- definition of uh, discipline is completely different than it is today. How we grew up and how uh, strict they were and so forth. Whether Is that good? Is that bad? Is it changed? I'll let your listeners answer that question. But how did we're growing up compared to how kids are growing up today? And so that was one of the reasons I wrote this book. 
Oh, that's exciting. Who was your favorite president of all time? John F. Kennedy. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Do you think he's still alive? <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, people that believe he's about to come back, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. You think about all those things that happened, and he's the one that set the tone for us to get to the moon. Yeah, and then that's what we need out of presidents. We need them to set the tones for us to achieve. Who do you think the closest, like whether they've been president or could be president one day, who is the closest figure to JFK that we have? I don't see one. So I'm grasping and looking and hoping. That's why I want your generation to come up and find this one. I believe that we're going to have a global government. So I'm putting my, I'm throwing my hat in the ring for the world's mayor. That's the position I want. I don't want to be the president, but I want to be the world's mayor because I just want to be responsible for helping usher people into their gift and their purpose and the things that they love to do. That's what my role in the world gets to be when we go to a global government. But, and you're right though. I, it's, I see a lot of people right now that, are waiting on a hero. And the truth is, I believe it's us if we decide it gets to be. I don't believe anyone's coming to rescue us and sweep us away. I believe that we all have it in us to be the hero of the story. And I want to be a part of that. Like, I want to be a part of, I want to be immersed with the other people that think that way, because I don't believe for a second all this doom and gloom crap. And look, I know bad things are coming, but at the same time, there's a consequence for the lie that this world has lived and been shielded or not shielded. That's not the right word. We've all been like swept up in this lie, whether it's through media, whether it's been being what we've been taught in our school system, whatever it may be. I believe that there's truth coming to the surface. And that's an exciting time because without truth, we'll never have healing. But that healing is coming, I believe. And it's that's what I pray for every single day, because I'm ready to be able to travel the world. I want to go to Moscow and I want to go to China and hang out with Chinese people and eat real Chinese food, not that American-made crap General Cho's chicken, although I do like General Cho's chicken. I want to be able to go all over the world and have peace. I want to hang out with people from the Middle East. And I don't care if you're Muslim, atheist, Buddhist, Christian, Hindu, it doesn't matter, gay, straight. If you identify as a squirrel, God bless you. I don't care. It's none of my business. But I want to have that. I want to live in that kind of world more than I want to live in anything else. I don't believe in... I understand that the United States has led the way, but frankly, I don't necessarily like how we've done it. I think NATO is continuing Nazi Germany's mission. To me, it doesn't look any different. That's just through my eyes, but I'm sick of war. I'm sick of seeing terrorist attacks. I'm sick of seeing people hate and judge each other. Like I'm over it. I want to see us learn to love each other, respect each other, learn to hear each other, and frankly, support each other like human freaking beings that's what i want to see i certainly can't top that and it's too bad you're not running for office so that's what's happening yeah anyway no i'm going to i it is in my i don't know what that looks like in a few years but that's what i this is that would be my platform that i stand on i've already exposed all my evils in the book (laughs) the trouble inside me i've got no secrets so like I can come out of the gate swinging and I don't have to worry about anyone hanging anything over my head. So yeah, absolutely. I'm going to run for office when I get a chance. Got my vote. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I, okay. I'd love for you to plug your books, obviously babyboomers.org. Please forgive me for saying.com. Please plug like everything that you want to plug. The floor is yours. You have the last word. You can give final words that you want to say to the youth 
whatever you want to say, the floor is yours. First thing I'm going to plug is my children's book. I don't want to turn three. I love it. You know, the benefits of reading to children are all kinds. It creates listening experiences. It creates bonding, cognitive and language development. Read to your children. Obviously, I want you to read my book, but there's a hundred other great books out there too. So you can find the book at Amazon.com. I don't want to turn three or my site, Gramps Jeffrey is my pen name, Gramps Jeffrey dot com or i don't want to turn three dot com but i urge all of your listeners to read this to their kids because it's about the whole thing of when do kids take responsibility when do any of us take responsibility is it three years old is it 13 years old is it 23 years old you know, I got, yeah i got yeah i got plenty of 63 year olds that still don't take responsibility for their actions make sure that i just want to plug the book so people can have that conversation with their kids when are you going to take responsibility for your actions then obviously babyboomer.org, it's a baby boomer, it's singular, babyboomer.org. We'd love to have you come onto the site. If you have great knowledge you want to share with others, please, you'll see an area on the site to do that. But it's a place for great information and to start conversations for all generations. So I urge everyone, it's babyboomer.org. And I appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's been a treat. I really do love what you're doing. And by the way, I hope that you write I don't want to become four. I don't want to become five. I'm just going to become six and just make a whole Netflix series out of it because you got something there that's really interesting. I'm so grateful for your time. I'm grateful and humbled to be a part of your website and what you're doing there. And God bless you, sir. Thank you for all you do. Thank you.